I do the van thing because the van enables me to do things that I like to do. I don't want the van to define me. And I think a lot of people get caught up in that where like they become van life, like that's their identity is the fact that they live in the car. I kind of want to be more known as, you know, all of the other things that I do, I want to be known for them. And then, because living in a car isn't hard, that's just like, you know, you just, just put all your stuff in the car and start driving. But it's what do you do with the, that new freedom and the ability to travel around that I think is the exciting part. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to spend six to eight months a year traveling across the U.S. and Canada, living out of a van and working remotely? Well, today's guest is going to talk about his life and how he made a big life transition six years ago into what he does now. Today's guest is Scott Adamson, a self-proclaimed nomad who runs a few online businesses and just so happens to live out of a van traveling six to eight months a year through the U.S. and Canada. Where's he from? How did he get started with van life? What does he actually do in order to afford this van life? Yeah, um, I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba, up in Canada. Once I got to university, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, I guess, per se. I just, you know, university is kind of the next step after high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I got to university, I just was taking courses and I started with a science degree because I originally wanted to be a dentist. And the reason for that is just mainly, I was just financially motivated to just dentists make money. So I was like, no, let's do that. And as I got older, I, just, the, I, I wouldn't say like, the immediate shift happened from not being as financially motivated, but I just started to realize that that wasn't actually something I wanted to do. I don't think I realized right away that I started to transition away from just putting more emphasis on enjoying the things I was doing, but I think that was kind of the start of it. So I kind of kept down the path with a science degree. And then as one of my summer jobs, I worked for a, a construction company. We did roofing and then the it didn't take me too long to kind of figure out that this roofing thing I could, it wasn't a very difficult business to <laughs> replicate. Mm-hmm. So I started my own roofing company throughout university and that, that did pretty well for me. So that was kind of my first business. And it was fun to be a part of that because it grew really quick and we you know, had a lot of employees and it was just exciting. And but it, it kind of got to the point where I kind of, it was so busy and I used to enjoy traveling and stuff when I was younger, but it was just so consumed with work. It was just, I just focused, you know, every, every minute I had, I was, I was work. The things that I used to enjoy doing such as, you know, sports and traveling that I just didn't have time or not that I didn't have the time. I just didn't make the time for it. You know, I had a bit of a health situation. That's um, you know, a long time ago now, six years ago, seven years ago. And that kind of forced me to sort of take that step out. It was a bit of a blessing in disguise. And I took that step back and I was like, you know, the, the current trajectory I'm on and the life I'm living, it's not really what I wanted or envisioned for myself. It's just kind of what was happening in front of me and I was kind of letting it happen. And that's kind of when I made the decision that I was going to make a change. And changes are hard for people, but I did make the decision. And that's kind of when I decided I was going to sell most of my stuff and I was in a 
a good financial position where I could sort of transition my work to be able to do it remote. And I had a bit of a buffer zone where I didn't, you know, a lot of people, if they want to sort of do the nomad lifestyle, kind of the biggest hurdle for them is, you know, how am I going to make the money, right? How am I going to sustain this lifestyle? So I did have a bit of a cushion there, which was, which was nice and made it a bit easier, but I mean, it wasn't a, an infinite, uh, infinite uh, period of time where I could do nothing. So I just kind of started taking the steps towards, you know, when I first decided that um, I wanted a change in lifestyle, you know, van life and the whole like nomadic lifestyle wasn't quite what it is today because this is going back, you know, probably about five years when I first started what got looking you into, into it? it? Yeah, like how'd you even find out about it and realize, okay, this is something cool that I want to check out and like could work for me? Yeah, like the first thing I saw was there was, um, I've always been into like the, the outdoors and surfing and snowboarding. So I'd always seen, and you know, in ski resorts and surf beaches and stuff, these types of people living these situations. And this is, I mean, Instagram was a thing, but the whole van life on Instagram wasn't kind of what it was. Mm hmm. So I knew people were kind of doing this. I didn't know to what extent. And then I came across this guy, uh, his name is Foster Huntington. And he, he's kind of the one who coined the hashtag van life. And he had a book that was, uh, I think it's, I think the book's called home is where you park it. But anyways, he had a Kickstarter campaign where he raised money for this book where he traveled all over. I think it was just the U S and he photographed people who were living out of their vehicles. And, and he had the, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Kickstarter campaigns, but they always yeah. have a, they always have a very nice, usually well edited video that kind of, you know, does a very good job at storytelling. And mm -hmm. so I think that that video was kind of the first thing that kind of got me hooked where I just saw the types of people he was interviewing and talking to. And I was like, no, this is something that I think this is what I need. And so it started with me kind of telling a few people, Hey, this is, um, I think this is what I'm going to do. And the kind of the more people you tell the, the more real it starts to become and then you actually start to make it happen but, but i mean friends they don't whatever you know tell your friends and it's kind of they don't really care you're gonna live in a van but you know but uh my family at that point in time didn't really understand what that meant right because there wasn't all of the like right now if you were to tell someone who's you know in their early 20s that they want to do this their parents they've been exposed to it if they use the internet or instagram or yeah unless, like they're just more aware of it but back when i did it it wasn't not saying it was really any different just the exposure that people who aren't interested in it what was their reaction uh they were i mean they were pretty supportive because i think they just kind of saw that they didn't understand it but they were supportive of it kind of when I made that decision to when I actually moved into the van, you know, that was probably a year and a half process because, you know, I had to, I had to convince myself I was actually going to do this. And then I had to get the van and convert the van, which takes time. And then, you know, I did have to sort of figure out how I could, you know, transition my work a bit into. What were you um, doing at the time? At the time I was kind of in limbo from the last business and I was starting to get into software stuff. Were you self-taught in software or did you learn that in school as well? Uh, no, just kind of self-taught. And then yeah. I was able to sort of leverage relationships that I had with other people to um, sort of expedite. We, we have a company that's called Kick Booster. I'll just give you this. So it's a, 
it's a software tool that people that run a Kickstarter program or a Indiegogo campaign would use during their campaign. So we work with a lot of crowdfunding campaign owners. But so a big part of it was, you know, I had to figure out, you know, how I was going to be able to do this aspect of work in a reduced role, but do it from the road, right? Mm-hmm. And that, and that, uh, that did take, you know, months and months. And even once I was on the road, it took, you know, months and months to, to just sort of fine tune how that all worked. Just to, when you're in the office and you're working with everyone day to day, it's a lot different than when you, when one person who's typically there, you know, you can just turn over, look at the person next to you and get questions, you know, response time is slower. Just the, those kind of expectations are different. I mean, now I've been doing it for the past, you know, four and a bit years and now it's kind of the new normal. I I kind of spend, I'd say six to eight months a year, sort of full-time traveling, um, kind of all over Canada and the U.S., and then I spend the other part of time um, back home where I'm from. Uh, we have a family cottage um, kind of east of where we live. So I spent a lot of time out there catching up with family and friends. And then sort of once the weather starts to go south here, <laughs> I usually escape. Um, this year is obviously a little bit different with everything going on. But yeah. um, uh, I, I, even before all this happened, I'd planned on doing a little bit of a reduced travel schedule this year because I'm actually building out a new van. After being in my van for the amount, of, I'm not sure how familiar with these vans, but I have a Sprinter van. So I've got okay. the, uh, they make them in three lengths. They're sort of the short, medium, and long. The, my current van's the medium. And just after spending so much time in the medium one and learning how I use the space, uh, I'm confident I can get use the smaller van, so I've purchased the smaller one, and I'm going to, I guess, downsize. Which I mean, you do learn how you use the space and what's kind of important, and it's just the smaller van, just you know, easier to maneuver, it's easier off roads, easier to park in crowded areas if you when you are in major cities. Yeah, how much smaller is it? Uh, it's so same height. It's four about four feet shorter. Are there any um, new modifications? Like, what are you putting into the new car, new van that you're, like, excited about that you didn't have in the old one? Nothing drastically different. I mean, I'm doing a few different things with the layout um, just because the space is different. So I'm getting to play around with that. I'm, I'm using a in-floor radiant heat system, which is kind of cool, as opposed to I'm doing all my framing out of aluminum instead of wood to um, just to save weight because weight is very critical when you build these vans because i mean from the factory and legally they're only designed to carry a certain amount of weight so as you start adding all of the stuff for the build out in the back of it it does um you are you do get close to what they call the gvw which is the maximum allowed gross vehicle weight for the vehicles on my last build when i you know filled up was full of fuel full of you know 40 gallons of water like that in itself is a lot of weight you know in water i was carrying probably almost you know, 250 pounds of water. So they're all things you just don't think about. So I was very close to the GVW on my first build. And so this one. um, What's the greatest thing you've learned from living out of the van? I never really considered myself to be a minimalist. And I I, I still don't think I am a minimalist because I like things. I think like true minimalists are like, they only have what they like need. Mm -hmm. I have have a lot of things I don't need, but (laughs) I learned very quickly that like how to prioritize what's actually important to me. Cause I remember when I first left in the van, you know, I had everything I thought I needed in the van and I left Winnipeg and I kind of went to the West coast in Canada, drove down and I still had some stuff to finish on the van, but it was getting really cold here. So I wanted to get out 
and I was the van was done enough I could leave and I have family that uh, was in Palm Springs so my plan was to kind of go there visit family and finish up the van and in the uh, warm weather and by the time I'd made it to Palm Springs I had three cardboard boxes full of stuff that I shipped back home because really? it was stuff that I already was like I'm never going to use this like you know extra clothes and dishes and I was just like I just and that was after being in the van for maybe two or three weeks. So yeah, th- th- that hasn't changed. It's, you know, I'm always looking at stuff in the van. It's like, I don't use this. I never, never, never going to use it. And if I ever needed it, this other thing, I could probably get away with it. So, so although I'm not a minimalist, I, I don't have a ton of stuff that I don't really need. I still buy stuff I like. And, you know, there's certain things like camera gear and snowboard gear and surf stuff that I like buying and some of it I don't need. That's one of the things that I like about it. You know, when I'm in the van, everything that I need is kind of within that sort of 10 foot radius of me at all times. And if it's not in the van, I don't need it. Van van life is a very broad term. Like it can mean anything from like living in your van full time to basically camping, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of van, a lot lot of full-time van people, van lifers, whatever they want to be called, get upset when weekend warrior people who go camping with their vans call themselves van lifers because they're like oh you're just going camping and it's like well you're just living out of your car (laughs) (laughs) so i mean you can call it whatever you want to call it but i think a lot of people do it for different reasons right a lot of people do well a lot of people do it i do the van thing because the van enables me to do things that i like to do i don't want the van to define me Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people get caught up in that where like they become van life. Like that's their identity is the fact that they live in the car. I kind of want to be more known as, you know, all of the other things that I do. I want to be known for them. And then because living in a car isn't hard. That's just like, you know, you just, just put all your stuff in the car and start driving. Yeah. But it's what do you do with the, that new freedom and the ability to travel around that I think is the exciting part. You really have to kind of just understand you know what are your reasons for wanting to do this lifestyle if it's something you're wanting to do and i think the worst reason you can do it is because you want to be like a van lifer like whatever whatever that means like make sure you're gonna you have some kind of identity beyond that so i saw that you have a company called the wonderful so is that what's your goal with that you want to tell me a little bit about what that is yeah it's sort of a work in progress right now um it kind of started I have a software background, so I, I love online business stuff. And with Instagram and everything, I'm constantly getting questions from people about sort of everything, right? It's things from, you know, how to build the van to stuff when you're actually living out of the van, kind of that whole sort of range, you know, how do you make a living out of the van? And I've done my best over the past kind of four years to answer all these questions, you know, through email and Instagram and everything. But Because I did document my whole first van, so you if people want to build that van, you know, here's the guide. Here's sort of everything that I did. Video, photo, written. These are the parts list I use, why I use them. Because I think a lot of people, I mean, I came from a construction background, so a lot of this stuff seems, you know, trivial to me. But for a lot of people, it's a, it's, it's a very daunting task, right? So it's kind of started as that, and it sort of has morphed into... Um, we're sort of trying to build a bit of an online community where we'll a bit of a content site where we'll have, you know, sort of van life stuff, working remote stuff. And um, we've got some physical products that we're working on getting manufactured for the van life community that we'll also be selling. So it's just a small team. There's three of us working on it right now, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's a, it, g- it gives me a bit of a platform to, you know, share stuff with beyond sort of Instagram and the, I, I find the, a, a content site or a blog 
lifetime value of content is longer so people can enjoy it for more. Whereas Instagram, when I post something on there, you may or may not see it. And I still post on Instagram and stuff, but I'm starting to put more effort into other sort of content forms that I think can help people in the who are interested in this lifestyle sort of make first make the decision if it's something that's actually right for them. And if it is kind of help them, you know, throughout the, the uh, navigate the waters, I guess. I have a, a decent following on Instagram, but I don't feel like I've ever let people actually get to know me. I've always just, I find it weird to just talk into the camera and it's hard to pretend like there's a, there's an audience on the other side of it that you're actually talking to. Mm-hmm. And so Instagram has always been like a very curated glimpse of like what I want you to see, which I think is how Instagram is for most people. So I'm trying to use YouTube to kind of push myself a little bit out of my comfort zone and let people get to know me a bit better and just sort of see what is, I guess, paint a bit more of a whole picture as to what's going on. I mean, that's a curated thing as well, but it's, uh, it's just another thing I wanted to try. And I think yeah. it's, uh, so far I'm having fun with it. What's your biggest tip? So I guess like one of your big things that you kind of push for is like remote work or trying to help people find remote work. What's your take on that? What do you suggest for people? Uh, Well, remote work's really easy these days with the internet because I mean, the internet coverage through Canada and US is so good. So pretty much wherever you have internet, you can work. It's just with remote work, a lot of people, I think a lot of people think you have to start your own business to work remotely. And that's a daunting task for a lot of people. But a lot of companies are now offering remote work for employees. Mm-hmm. So you can do stuff as simple as, you know, doing support for a company. You still would have to work probably in sort of a nine to five schedule, but it allows you to do that work remote. So I think the biggest thing is just don't think if you want to work remote and be able to have the flexibility of working from anywhere that you need to start your own business. And I mean, with the the situation that we're currently in with the COVID-19, I think that's kind of showing is like most jobs can be done remote. And I think a lot of employers are seeing that now. And I don't think that's going to change after this. Like I said, for me, you know, it took a year of planning for me to get to the point where I could transition what I was doing to remote work. It takes time. But if it's something you really want to do, you're going to figure out how to make it happen. So you really just have to just find something you're good at and you like doing, and you'll be able to figure out how to make it work in a remote setting. Was your cultivation of like followers and stuff on Instagram and like YouTube, was that natural? Just kind of like as you started driving around, you took photos and then over the like the past, you said four or so years, like it's just kind of grown organically from that? Yeah, it grew most in the first like two years. It's really kind of stagnated off. And I think it's because I put more effort into it then because I wanted to kind of like grow it right. I mean, I, yeah, I put more like I'm a better photographer now than I was with the pictures that it grew with, but it's just, <laughs> I, I look at stuff like hashtags and tagging accounts and, you know, cause I'm analytics guy. So I just like that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. makes it a bit of a game. I'd, so I would say I consciously grew it. I mean, I was in, I was in the right niche at the right time, posting pictures that people wanted to see, but I think you can do that in any space. I think it's different now though. Like if you want to grow an account, it's hard to do it just if you're making like I call it an art gallery on your Instagram, just like a bunch of pretty pictures, you actually have to provide value. If some random person on the side of the street asked you what you did and you had to describe in 30 to 60 seconds to them, what would you say? What I do? Yeah. Uh, I've been asked this question a lot and like, not, not to describe it, people often ask me what I do. I typically just say I have an online business that, you know, <laughs> allows me, allows me to work remote. Um, so I spend, you know, three quarters of the year traveling through Canada and the U.S. 
and then I spend the other quarter of the year back home visiting his family. And where the question gets complicated is when they ask what the online business is. <laughs> I think so. That's the shortest answer. What's an average day look like for you if you're on the road? If I'm on the road, never really the same. I mean, I wouldn't say on the road. I'm more of an early riser. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I usually get up between like 5:30 and 6:30. So I'll get up depending on where I am. I'll do the check emails, just kind of make sure nothing important's going on that I need to deal with. And then it kind of depends where I am, really. It's I eat breakfast, make coffee, kind of the standard thing. I'm a big coffee guy, so it just it's kind of like my day is sort of on its way once I've made the coffee. Next thing is yeah, it just kind of depends if I'm if I might go for a run, I might work for a bit, I might you know, take Ellie for a walk. I might, if I'm somewhere where I snowboard, I might go for a snowboard. I find it's easier to have no routine on the road. Why? Because you, you have, you have more hours in the day that are yours. Whereas when you're, call it, if you're living a traditional life, you wake up and then you have a finite amount of time before you have to go to work. So you go to work. And so there's time spent going to work. And then when you're at work, your focus is work for those, that block of time that you're at work. That's, that's not your time. That's like work's time. And then you come home from work. So there's time spent doing that. And then you have like your evening and you're tired. There's a lot of time during the day that's not yours. Sort of the time to work, the time at work, the time home from work. And then if you have a family, you have family time at the end of the day. And then you go to bed because it's a long day. But for me, it's like I can wake up in the morning. I can do a bit of work if I want. Then I can make breakfast. Then I could work a little bit more. Then I could go surf or snowboard for you know half day. I can come back and do some work, or I could go do grocery shopping during the day because no one's there. Or I could work all day and then I could you know do stuff in the evening. I feel like I have more productive hours in the day than the average person because of the flexibility with those hours. And you're not like waiting for a specific time to tell you when to do something. Yeah, it's just kind of I can yeah. just do it when it when I feel like doing it. Were you a routine-focused person before you moved into the van and had to make that transition, or it's always kind of been like the smaller, you know, you make your coffee and you do certain things that you want in the day? I would say I'm not a huge routine guy. I mean, I think just by the nature of the way we live our life, you know, we get into routine. But yeah, some mornings I'll work out first thing when I get up, and then like yesterday I worked out at 10 o'clock at night, right? It's just kind of, it's just what's made sense yesterday. So my day is not ruined if my routine gets thrown off or if I... If I'm out of coffee or something like that. Not. <laughs> if you had a book written about you, what would the title of the book be? <laughs> that's, a, that's a question I've never had. I guess the, yeah, I don't know what it would be. I've done a lot of things in my life. Um, the van is like one thing and like a, like, it, you know, I'm, what am I, 33 years old now? You know, I've been doing this for almost five years. Mm-hmm. That's like a very short window of my life so far. So to define my life as this part, small the part, van. I would say probably not what I would want the book to be titled but yeah I don't know I think what I'd like to be remembered for is just somebody that you know was willing to take a lot of risks that some people maybe don't you know there's some sacrifices that I've made because of it but I've I've lived a life so far that I'm happy with and that's kind of my goal moving forward what is your definition of success like I said earlier on I used to be very financially motivated from a business perspective money is a very good measure of success whether you're financially motivated or not but from a life standpoint, it's just kind of, if you can live a life with as little stress as possible, I think that's a successful life. So would you say you're successful? Yeah, I would say so. So I have three final questions. The first one is, would childhood you, so you as a kid, would you be happy with where you are now and what you're doing? Yeah, I think so. I don't think I'm doing what I thought I would be doing. What did you think as to like eight to 10 year old you? 
what did oh, I probably thought I was going to be a professional hockey player or something. But, <laughs> I mean, that wasn't going to happen. So I wanted to be able to travel and do things I wanted to do. And with the life I've created for myself, I do have a lot of flexibility there. So I'd say the eight to 10 year old version of me would be happy. So if you have 24 hours to live, unlimited money and can travel anywhere at the snap of your fingers, what would you do? I don't know. I, 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 I tend to fall in love with places I've already been. Um, I've always had a good time in Nicaragua. I love it there. The surf is a lot of fun. I would, I'd probably go spend the last, last 24 hours there, bring some friends and family. And All right. So my last question is, since the title of the podcast is What's Next, can take it as general and broad as you want or like specific. What's next with your career, with your life or anything that you want to do or that you're working on? I think we touched on a little bit of it. I mean, yeah. I'm building a new van, so that's kind of next. Once the van's done, I plan on, you know, sort of continuing the travel lifestyle. I've got the wonderful website that we're launching. Oh, it's launched, but we're constantly iterating on and making it a better product. So I'm working on that. And so it's kind of from a work travel standpoint. And personally, it's like, I honestly don't know what's next. People often ask, you know, how long I'm going to do this lifestyle for. And my answer is kind of as long as it continues to be fun. I'm not naive enough to think I'm going to do this forever. I don't see an end immediately. Well, cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for letting me talk to you and take up some of your time. Yeah, not a problem. Glad we kind of made it work there. Sorry, last, last few weeks have just been busy. Yet. What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? understandably a tough question for any 20-something to answer. So join me, your host, Taylor Marks of the Rise Year podcast, as I talk with some cool people about what they do and occasionally go on long rants of my own about the pains of growing up. My two takeaways from my conversation with Scott are first, there's nothing wrong with taking small steps because eventually the small steps add up and you will get to wherever you want to be. Second is don't do something for the social media buzz. Make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. In this instance, it's van life, making sure that's the correct choice for you, but that can be applicable to purchasing a house, buying a car, going somewhere, making sure that you're doing it because you want to do it. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast for updates on new episodes weekly. Don't forget to check out Scott's Instagram and the wonderful and be sure to follow What's Next, that's W-H-T-S underscore N-X-T on Instagram. And if you're interested in getting started with van life but not sure where to look for resources, check out my free guide on whatsnext.me to find out more information on how to even begin this journey. And you can check out Scott at The Wonderful for details on how to build a van and if it's the right course for you.